Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. So Mike, we call ourselves evidence-based advisors. I thought on this week's podcast, you and I should talk about some new evidence that's come into us about the housing market in Canada, and more specifically, how Canadian families are helping their children with down payments. Evidently, it only goes up, Rob. <laughs> that appears to be the case. And, and so, you know, let's talk about that to start. And, and that's really, there was a, uh, an article published uh, just recently, talked about the world's biggest real estate bubbles in 2021. Here's the evidence. So they ranked the top 25 riskiest cities in the world of having a bubble. In 2021 alone, Toronto ranked second in the world only to Frankfurt as the riskiest real estate bubble in the world. You know what's scary, Rob? Remember about five, six years ago, we were at a conference and it was the publisher of The Economist. I think it was out of England, correct? Very smart lady and they were questioning her on the biggest bubble in the world. And she said the biggest bubble in the world at that time, that was five years ago, is the Toronto real estate market. And we've been going up 10 to 20% a year since then. So it's not just a Toronto problem. Vancouver ranked fifth out of the 25. And just so we know what, you know, what, what are some of the other cities on this ranking, no surprise, they're the great cities of the world. Zurich, Paris, Frankfurt, Los Angeles, Stockholm. Sydney, Geneva, and London are just a few. Good places to live. Expensive places to live, right? Really expensive. Over the last 30 years, Canadian real estate prices have gone up faster than any country in the G7. That's pretty unique. The other thing that is interesting is that 30% of the purchases went to people who are multiple owners of real estate. So it's not a first-time buyer. That's, you know, seven out of 10 is maybe someone buying their second home, moving from their first to the second home. But 33 out of every 10 sales are someone who's already got homes and they're buying another home. So we're moving beyond just the, we're, we're moving more toward the investor and speculation rather than just the homeowners, correct? Absolutely. So Mike, what are some of the, what's causing all these high prices and specifically what's causing them in Toronto and Vancouver? Number one, we have very low interest rates, and low interest rates just make things more affordable. When you look at mortgage rates that are falling below 2%, it's not much to carry a mortgage anymore. So that's allowing people to spend more on houses and have a lot higher mortgages. The, the fear, of course, is if those interest rates start to go up in the near future and people are taking advantage of low interest rates through variable mortgages, they can be heavily affected. And again, we see that we're going to have inflationary pressure in the future, which eventually has to drive up interest rates. So how low? Well, my, just recently, I'm, we are rebuilding our main cottage. So I had to take a, a loan to do the rebuilding. I didn't want to sell anything to pay for it because I was able to borrow the money at 1.3%. That's ridiculous, isn't it? I, I, I couldn't even imagine. I didn't even want to negotiate. I didn't ask for a better rate. At one point three, I said, okay, you're good. Where, where can I sign? Literally, I signed it within a, a day. They sent the documents through email, and I signed it away at 1.3%. Now, 
Now, there's a risk. It's a floating rate. It could go up a little bit. Maybe it goes up a quarter point or a half a point to 1.5, 1.6. So if you look at it, a million dollars cost you an interest $13,000 a year? $13,000 so, a year. So basically just over $1,000 a month to carry the interest cost of a million dollar mortgage. So you wonder what's driving the market? That's having a big role in it. What else? Toronto and, and even Vancouver, we see this, but particularly in Toronto, massive immigration, which I think is great for the city to see that. But when you have this much immigration coming into a small area, it's going to create a higher demand. And Toronto has become a very worldly city, you know, more than it was 20 years ago, and people want to move here. Canada is a very friendly city or friendly country to immigrants. And we're seeing Canada has record immigration. If you go on the south side of the border, U.S. has low immigration rates. It had, I believe, in like 100 years. It's phenomenally low down there. And Canada's going in the opposite direction. So that creates demand. The difficulty there is is not the immigration in itself. Uh, you know, a lot of them are, are coming in with money. And, you know, some of the requirements for, depending on the country they're coming from, they need to come in with money. So they actually have an expectation to buy a home. But new homes are not being built fast enough. And so this is a bit of a disconnect between what the government's wishes are in terms of immigration. They know what they want to bring in and what the home buyers are able to, to build. So yeah. we, we've got a gap there, and that's driving up prices. And Canada can be slow in their progress with that. I talk to a lot of clients that are builders, and Canada's a difficult place to start to do. Uh, let's say you want to create a community. It's not easy. There's a lot of red tape to go through in Canada. Good or bad, it's just there. What else? You also have a lot of foreign ownership of, of houses. A lot of uh, houses, as we were talking about, they're secondary homes. A lot of houses are being owned by people who are outside of Canada. So again, that creates another problem with the, you know, not just for people living in the houses, this is people with additional amounts of money that you're using for a speculative investment, which can drive the prices through the roof. And again, that leads to the second point of people rather than living in houses, buying them for investments. You know, it was funny. I was, I remember going to England, I think 20 years ago. And when I talked to my family members over there, a lot of them were living in London and everyone rents a flat. Right? I said, does, does anyone own a flat? I said, no, no one could ever own a flat. I don't know who owns them. Maybe the queen owns all the flats. Right. But I don't think any normal people have the flats over there. England's become this area where they're so unaffordable, it's very normal for established people to still live in a rented flat in London. Uh, maybe Canada's headed that route. I hope not, but maybe it is. Well, hopefully we have enough land, you know, especially in Ontario. We can go miles away from Toronto and, and still be able to, to build a house, at least. Whether, whether people can afford that house is another matter. So you've got people buying houses for investments. So they're not buying a house to live in. They're buying it to fix it up and flip it, maybe, or they're buying it just to rent it out. So that's taking inventory away from the market. You've got that foreign ownership that's taking inventory away. Money laundering. That's always been out there. You know, I've talked about the house next to mine. So it was purchased about five years ago for $3 million. It sat vacant for three years. We had uh, all kinds of people living in it that shouldn't have been uh, human and non-human. Yeah. And the, the wildlife literally took over the place. It's for sale again. Guess what it's for sale for? $3 million. Yeah. So they're not even trying to make a profit on it. Now, maybe it's not even worth $3 because it hasn't sold yet. But it shows you that money was, I'm sure, was just laundered. 
to people in foreign lands, you forget how attractive the Canadian dollar is. I mean, the U.S. is obviously the most attractive currency in the world, but a close second is Canada because we're pretty close linked to the U.S. We're a very safe government. We don't appreciate how safe the Canadian government is. You go to different parts of the world, and if you have a deed on a house, the government at any time can take that away from you. And sometimes people don't appreciate how great it is to live in this country we live in, where if you have a deed on a house, you know it's safe and you know it's going to belong to you. No matter what happens, if the government changes, no one's going to take your house away. That isn't the case all over the world. No, it's very safe. We've got, we've got laws and we tend to abide by them for the most part. And I guess the final piece to the puzzle here was COVID comes along and people decide, decided they didn't want to live in an apartment anymore. They didn't want to live in a flat. They wanted a house, they wanted a backyard, they wanted to be able to go outside. And so that has just further pushed the demand. So Rob, how are people managing? How are people, young people buying houses nowadays? How is this working? Well, that really goes, Mike, to part two of the podcast, and that's families are helping their children buy houses. And we've seen it. You know, we've seen it within our practice, not maybe to the degree that some of this is, but... Here's the data, and this is um, from CIBC, Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. The data was that last year, there was about $10 billion in down payments that were given from the parents to their children, $10 billion. 10% of all down payments came from the parents. So that's pretty substantial. The average across the country was about $82,000, and only... 30% 30% of that money was with first-time home buyers. So we'll talk about where the other 70% was from. Yeah, it was funny because you gave me these numbers and I just heard one of our friends doing a podcast and I thought it was much higher. And then uh, you brought out the facts that that's the Canadian numbers you were quoting. When you start to go in Toronto and Vancouver, the numbers are much higher. They shift up to, what, $130,000 in Toronto and $200,000 in Vancouver. So... Quite a bit, quite substantial. If you look, actually, go back on the data again. In 2015, so six years ago, the average help was 52,000. Now it's 82,000. And that's the Canadian data. So before it was only 50,000. Now it's 80,000, and we're probably going to be 100,000 pretty soon. That's pretty substantial. Now, I guess the Parents are feeling pretty good. Their investments have done well. Hopefully with us, I know they've done well. And so and their house has gone up in value if they still own their own house. So they're feeling financially secure. I mentioned the 70%. So we talked about the 30% where's, you know, that first home that, that gets all the press. What we forget about is families are helping their children with their second and third home. And so maybe they want, you know, they had their first home and they want to do an upgrade. Maybe they were in a condo and they want to move to a house. Here are the numbers from Toronto and Vancouver. 180,000 is the average help from a parent to their child. And Vancouver is $340,000. Now, you and I haven't seen anything like that in our client base. No. Certainly. And maybe the Vancouver number is being influenced by the foreign ownership. I got to say, though, you know, it's funny. I haven't seen people do a lot of redemptions from portfolios, but I've seen a lot of people dispose of other properties they have and give the money to their kids. I've seen that happen several times in the past year and a half. 
because the properties they own that were rental properties went up quite a bit in value, and they decided to disperse that amongst the kids. So I'm assuming the audience is asking a couple of questions, and I guess the first question is, let's go back to the, the real estate boom. When does it end? Does it end? And, and you and I have debated this for probably the 25 years we've been working together. <laughs> we've been wrong for a bunch of them too. So. We've been wrong for a bunch of them. And so, you know, I'm on the side of with low interest rates and high demand and high immigration and low house build, this thing could go on for quite a while. And how high does it go? I, I don't know. It could go higher still. We, you know, Toronto could become Vancouver just yeah. in pricing alone. The reality, we used to always say, well, Toronto's no New York. Maybe Toronto's becoming a New York, right? It, it certainly feels, you look at the traffic, you know, at, you know, 24 hours a day in this city, it certainly feels a lot different than it did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. We have, we have a all-star basketball team. <laughs> That's helping. Yeah. Let's talk about, is, should you be helping your kids with the money? Prudently. And, prudently. Right? There's nothing wrong with it. I got a little help when I started. You know, I, my parents lent me $20,000 at the time to get me started. And so today that 20000 is probably, I don't know, equivalent to 60000 70000 You got to be careful in markets like we're going through because people get a little bit too generous and they forget about the bad times. You know, we've come off a phenomenal year. You know, you see return rates in excess of 20%. So people have gotten very excited over how much their portfolio has made. And all of a sudden, they get very generous with their money. But they forget now that they give it away. If you go through a bit of a harsh marketplace, they have less money to work with. So you've got to be a little bit prudent when you do that. I think you've also got to understand whether if your children, if they're married, if they have a partner, that that relationship is solid. In the divorce rate today, if, if you're just about to get married, the divorce rate's 40%. So that's pretty high. So if you're going to be giving your child $100,000 to help out with a house purchase. You're giving away half to their partner. You could be giving away half to the partner unless you get it done properly. So it's important to get good advice, either from a financial advisor, a lawyer, and even if you're getting the bank involved, if you're co-signing on a mortgage, all those things, get advice. Don't just, don't just wing it. It's not worth it. I think it's helpful to help the kids out, get started. I wouldn't necessarily want to buy them their house. Even if you could, I don't think that's the right approach. We've seen that backfire far too often, at least in our practice. The, the other thing too is, I always say you have to make sure uh, that children have some financial responsibility too. They, they have to understand how money works and where money comes from. Sometimes giving money away doesn't do much to help the kids. It does more damage than good. I've seen a lot of kids that have built it on their own, done things on their own. They've done extremely well. A different attitude in life yeah. uh, than being handed things. So you got to look at both the financial aspect of it, and you got to look at the, you know, the aspect on uh, how it affects their future spend and how they think of money. Definitely, I think that's a good summation for today. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management.
been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.